Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hello friends, Roto-World's Josh Norris, once again here with the Roto-World Football Podcast, the number one podcast in the universe. A few housekeeping notes before we get into the winning formula, as you see, that is the title of this episode with one Rich Rebar. First, let me talk about the Roto-World Draft Guide. First, you can find it at rotoworld.com slash draft guide. And I know we all love magazines. I remember buying magazines, going to bookstores, if those still exist, and buying a few, bringing them to my drafts. But as I go along with this, and you know, as I work for a fantasy sports company, I realize that magazines are six weeks old. Uh, that is not the draft guide. The rotorworld.com slash draft guide is always updating. I know Rich Rebar can tell you that. And it has customizable projections based on your scoring, quarter PPR, three quarters PPR for you absolute savages out there, but so much more. I mean, auction. We have done so many mock drafts in the last few weeks, thanks to Rotopat, that you are covered from every angle. So be sure to check out, again, rotoworld.com slash draft guide, and even think about buying the season pass. Second, thank you all for subscribing, rating, and reviewing. Obviously, the preseason is really, really, really about to kick off, and I'll have a early episode next week with Evan Silva and maybe a few others just talking about the weekend that was the preseason action. But we're playing for a lot of content, obviously, in August during your draft time to get you prepped and ready, but also once the season starts. So go ahead, hit that subscribe button, and if you really like what you hear, leaving us a rating and review really, really does help us out. Or even just tell a friend. Add a friend on Twitter nicely, kindly. Again, it helps us out. So without further ado, let's get to this episode. You know, I, I think it's important with all of the information that's out there, and it's so much because there's so much great work that people in this industry do, but it's, it's important to find the meaningful points and data out there and what you should be looking at most, especially for people in all ranges and types of leagues. And for that, I want to bring in Lord Reeves himself, Rich Rebar. What's up, Rich? Hey, Josh, what's going on? Yeah, I can definitely attest to uh, someone that, that does a big bulk of the updating of the online draft guide that uh, we've only had one game. Uh, there'll be two by the time people hear this tomorrow. One game has been played in, in the NFL with pads on that's actually you know counted. And I've been updating that thing every day because there seems yeah. to be news uh, that has come out you know consistently that has altered projections or rankings or you know outlooks for teams. So that stuff is all getting pumped out, and you know I'm I'm one of the leaders uh, in spearheading that right. charge. And 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 again, I, I don't mean to keep on harping on it, but what you'll buy a magazine for six dollars or nine dollars mm-hmm. or something like that. 
And again, we put out a magazine. I don't want to bash magazines. But mm-hmm. as you know, we wrote all that stuff six weeks ago. You just wrote stuff about like Quincy and Nuno's replacement yesterday, right? So it's 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 all quickly, quickly changing. And the best way to do that is is the draft guide. And it's, it's 20 bucks right now. Or you can buy it as part of a package with the season pass and, and get it for even cheaper. Uh, all right, Rich. Let, let's talk about how these guys can actually win their fantasy leagues, you know. Obviously, you want to take the best players. But pinpointing the best players <laughs> is is obviously the most important aspect of all this. What I've been hearing a lot during this offseason, and this is how offseason discussions always go, we say, well, let's look at Frank Gore last year. He, you know, was the running back. I'm, I'm just throwing out fake numbers mm-hmm. here, okay? He's running back 12 for the season. Yet, Rich, I mean, there weren't that many weeks of top 12 scoring running back weeks. I mean, you can insert that with X player at whatever position and say, well, he finished the year as blank. We shouldn't perceive them, though, as that wide receiver for the entire season because this player and this game truly is a week-to-week matchup. Yeah, 100%. I mean, analyzing weekly output should be how you consume fantasy output over season-long statistics because it allows you to see how replaceable positions are while shaping up, you know, how you view your roster construction. I mean, all this season is, I mean, it's understandable that it happens this way. I mean, the season ends. We Football's a, a year-round product now. And when you have seven months to only talk about this one event, and everyone's draft and fantasy draft is an event. Um, we kind of we kind of hone in on just looking backwards and forward as these seasons in bulk and consumption. Even though we just lived it, like you, Gore is a great example as a guy you can you can say. I mean, he's just he's been a PPR RB one in just six of his past thirty two games uh, the past two years. Uh, but you know, has been RB one total in overall cumulative points. You know, in both years, seasonal finish within the dynamic of uh, where you finish in your overall scoring is just as much about longevity and availability as it is, you know, anything else uh, in performance, you know, Jason Witten's another great example of a guy that just never misses time. So, I mean, he accrues fantasy points, even though he doesn't score as high as the tight end ones, but he plays more, more snaps and more games than those guys. So his overall point total still gets carried along for the ride. So, I mean, you definitely want to be focusing in on, you know, how these guys perform in your lineup on a week to week basis, what you can expect uh, on a week to week basis when you draft these guys uh, because it's not really about the destination. It's about the journey. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and before we go any further, I, I do want to point out that Rich was on a podcast a few weeks ago by Late Round Quarterback, J.J. Zacharyson at Late Round Quarterback on Twitter. It, it was an awesome podcast. So obviously I took some inspiration on that and trying to double dip here with Reeves a little bit. And we're going to hit on some of the same topics, some different ones. But obviously I, I would be it would be a shame if I didn't shout out uh, the Late Round podcast and obviously J.J. Zacharyson and go check that out. All of his podcasts are tremendous. In its simplest form, its basic form, like fantasy – decisions are to me based on one opportunity two opponent and three talent and I feel like talent the third one drives about like 75 percent of all the conversation in terms of football Um, (laughs) would you agree with kind of that ranking and that tiering and just why opportunity really truly is the most important yeah, I mean, it, there's a blend. Opportunity is definitely what you want to focus on first. I mean, you you know, to keep things simple, it's you want guys on the field 
as often as possible and guys that are being used on the field as often as possible. It's the, I mean, no matter what we dissect in fantasy football, it's always going to be a game about the same basically three or four counting stats, you know, yardage, touchdowns, receptions, uh, you know, if really, you know, that's really it. That's what we're counting, you know, yeah. based on whatever position you're playing. Those are the, 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 the what we're counting in fantasy football. And the only way you can get those if you're on the field and being used on it, no matter how many kind of advanced metrics we create, I mean, it, it, it matters. Those counting stats are only going to be accrued through that opportunity that we're talking about. Uh, so, I mean, efficiency is one of those moving targets in fantasy football. So it's not as sticky. So we like to look at opportunity. But there's also symmetry between efficiency and inefficiency and volume that's created. I mean, a guy like Doug Baldwin is never going to have a high target uh, output compared to the receivers he goes around in ADP he's always gonna be around that 125 130 range the guys are around him the Mari Cooper store they go they're in like the 150 targets the 155 targets because you have a guy getting his targets in a really highly efficient manner from a highly efficient quarterback uh you know he Doug Baldwin is a guy that's caught 75 percent of his targets the past two years he's the first player since Wes Welker to catch you know 75 percent of 100 more targets back-to-back years mm-hmm. uh you know it's so I mean he's not going to stack targets on a level of like Amari Cooper because he's really good at the targets he gets. It's not that his overall volume is something you don't want to attach onto. It's just he hurts his overall volume by being so good. Uh, you know, whereas someone like Allen Robinson last year uh, stacked 150 targets, but they were really inefficient targets. I mean, an inefficient target is going to have a higher rate of creating another target. You know, so you always hear that all the time. Of pe- people lose yards due to drops, a quarterback. But it's not necessarily true. If you complete that, those, all those aren't totally lost. Right. Um, kind of moving on a tangent in another direction. But, yeah, when you first look at a player, you want to look at the overall team opportunity first. And you want to project, you know, multiple range of outcomes for these teams. You know, if the Jacksonville Jaguars, we know what they want to do if they can win a game, to win games this year. So you want to divvy up a projection that says if they execute what they fully want to do, what does this look like to their team? Then what if they fail? Uh, what does it look like? And then if they're just in the middle of their projected outcome, which they are like a projected six and a half to seven win team on most sites, uh, what does what kind of game script does that lead to? And then you can have once you have that top down view of what the team can do, you can start dissecting what that leads to opportunity, you know, right. as far as specific players and go on from there. I mean, Michael Thomas is another good one. You see often that well drew Brees' lead target only gets about 20 percent of the team targets you know that's not as much as a guy like a des bryant or you know anyone else you know that goes around michael thomas the guys that are pushing 25 percent market shares 30 percent market shares but 20 percent of the saints targets uh who's a team that's throwing 650 times per year yeah. is still you know equal to 20 percent you know it's still equal to 25 percent of a team like the dolphins i mean you look at jarvis landry last year he had a 27 percent you know, a market share, but he had 30 fewer targets than a guy like Antonio Brown, you know, who who had a lesser market share. I mean, it's still, so you want to look at that team construct construct from like a top-down view and projections and then kind of move from there and see where the opportunities are. But you definitely, like I said, the simplest form, guys on the field, guys getting the ball. And how we're kind of perceiving it now, it's, it's difficult to even talk about opponent, at least for me, because I, I think that there's so much change year to year and you've even discussed it in the past of how truly 16 games 17 weeks is like a small sample size but so often we make like drastic conclusions about if a player is good or if he's bad 
I, I mean, in one extreme, I mean, it's Matt Ryan last year. And if you could just like discuss a little bit about natural regression that's taking place and if there are, and I know I'm throwing this out there as you and I didn't prepare you for it, but if there's any natural regression candidates out there that you see this year. Yeah. So, I mean, this slides into like our uh, efficiency talk. So efficiency is not, it's, it can, it can move around. We know, like we said, you just brought up, it's a 16 weeks is an inherently small sample, but it doesn't have, football doesn't have a chance to course correct stats like an NBA or a major league baseball, just because the seasons are so long and there's so many opportunities. We're talking, like I said, just, just 16 games. And a lot of times these players miss, you know, games in the yeah. NFL, you know, compared, compared to the other sports, you know, the, the volume of missed games is magnified because there's so few, but while efficiency isn't so easy to predict it, there is a way that you can kind of use it without, like I said, like you don't have to throw the baby out of the bathwater and you can take, you know, uh, descriptive data, which is what happened last year to a guy like Andy Dalton or for like your example, a guy like Matt Ryan the year before. Um, and you kind of can take that descriptive data and, you know, backwards engineer predictive measure, you know, that's called, you know, simple regression analysis. Matt Ryan was a guy who was way under his career norm and, and touchdown rate. Everything else stayed peripherally the same. He just ran into bad luck throwing touchdowns. I mean, we all know touchdowns are kind of like a, a, a result. They're they're harder to, you know, predict. You can have all these things that lead to them, but you still might not get them. And it was that's basically what Matt Ryan ran into. Now his regression completely went, you know, tenfold, and he had an yeah. MVP type season. Um, but that's a way you can use it. You know, guys like Andy Dalton is a really good example of last year. He was way under his career TD rate. Um, and you can use it inversely, you know, guys, you know, completely over over the mark. I mean, I, I've written a few articles this year on, you know, I've, I've included it in all the positional notebooks, basically, you know, touchdown regression, uh, positive and negative guys, you know, that you want to look at the target and maybe not inflate as highly, you know, based on their their career output. So, I mean. Yeah, it's like Kevin Coleman, LaShawn McCoy, uh, you know, Dante Moncrief, uh, you know, guys like under like A.J. Green was obviously who obviously was tied to Andy Dalton. Uh, you know, it was it was impacted by Andy Dalton's, you know, kind of uh, subpar, you know, below his career norm type season. So, I mean, those are all things that you can kind of take efficiency, apply to those big career numbers that we have to work mm-hmm, off of mm-hmm. and, and try to, you know, work off some, you know, simple regression analysis. This might be an unfair question to ask you, but I'm going to ask you it anyways. So there are plenty of players that start the season extremely hot, maybe four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, what have you. Could throw out Marvin Jones from last year, mm-hmm. can throw out Greg Olson from last year. How many games in a row do you need poor performances before you realized, oh, okay, this is now trending in the wrong direction. This isn't a must-play like I it has been in redraft for me. I need to start looking and trying to improve or even bench this guy, even though he did all these things eight weeks. And this is kind of skipping back to our week-to-week assessment. But I think that's really difficult, at least for me, because I, I always have a positive you know, taste in my mouth based on what they did earlier on in the season. Yeah, and that's where we talk about, you know, monitoring volume. So don't just look at how your guys score points. We know that they got in your lineup, so to speak. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, a guy like Dante Mockery is probably a good example because he's a guy that you, you want to keep playing because he keeps scoring touchdowns. But when you look at his overall target numbers and his yardage and what his opportunity truly leads to, you have to look and ask yourself, well, what happens when this guy doesn't score a touchdown? You know, what's, what, what's he going to perform? And, you know, Marvin Jones is kind of – um, that way earlier in the year, he was kind of really shoot, overshooting his opportunity, you know, by a great deal. And then there were some other ancillary things that happened to Marvin Jones along the way as well. But yeah, it's, it's a lot trickier. I mean, you have to just 
completely not focus on what the, the amount of points you're getting though fantasy points are what we strive for but you have to look what goes into creating those fantasy points and is the opportunity truly truly still there or isn't i mean you hit on it um i mean probably the best example i can think of last year is travis kelsey yeah i mean Tra- travis kelsey was he was unusable for yeah, fantasy early football, on. <laughs> you know the, the first nine weeks of the season but i mean he his everything was still kind of staying in line with his career peripherals. It's just that, you know, he kind of just, he went nuclear over the, at the back end of the stretch and, and Macklin's injury was only for four of those weeks. I mean, his market share went up extremely high for those weeks, but there was still three, three or four other weeks in that where he still just kind of recoiled back in his, his older production. Um, and you know, there are other guys like that too, like a guy like Greg Olson inversely was a guy that was really hot the, the front half of the year and his opportunity kind of remained the same, but, wasn't as useful for fantasy football. I mean, so, I mean, it, it fantasy football is always going to be a game that's driven by pockets of production and being able to time that production, you know, in your lineup and when you have these guys on your roster. So, I mean, it, it, you know, you can look back at a guy like Des Bryant. He was a complete, you would call him a bust. If we look back at last season, you drafted Des Bryant uh, in the first round. Right. Totality, you were disappointed. But Des Bryant was a hot fantasy performer, like when it mattered most. I mean, especially in fantasy championship games, if you got to him, he had a three touchdown game in the fantasy championship mm-hmm, games. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's a lot. There's a lot of minutiae to go through that goes into what creates these league winning players. And it really kind of overrates what the, the element of the phrase having to win your draft really implies. It's just that we over overemphasize it because we have seven months just to lead up this one event it's all for us to talk about so so basically the perfect play was greg olson then trade him halfway through the season for travis kelsey which <laughs> yeah, probably, if, you, if, if you, you knew did that. that holy cow uh let us know when we'll give you a job <laughs> exactly. uh, let's talk a little bit about touchdowns since you brought up des bryant i mentioned it there are so many different well let's say stats first and measurements and everything out there uh there's a lot of quality work okay but overriding Touchdowns still matter the most, don't they, Rich? Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about – until fantasy football scored differently and it's, you know, approached differently from that that kind of dynamic or if you're adding things um, outside of touchdowns to kind of reduce touchdowns, the influence of them, they are what matters most in fantasy football. I mean, let me run through a couple examples here that I looked up because I know you wanted to talk about touchdowns and I wanted to bring it up. Um, if you're a running back – and over the past five years, if you just scored a touchdown, you didn't do anything else, like you just fell into the end zone, <laughs> you had a 79% chance to be an RB2 or higher. Is, it, is this it. the Matt Asiata list? Yeah, basically? pretty much. Like, yeah, basically. I mean, there, there are other guys that did more than this fall touch, but if you just scored a touchdown, I mean, you basically had an 80% chance to be a RB2 or higher. Wow. And you had a 50% chance to be an RB1 or higher, just scoring a touchdown. Um, you look at the RB1s in fantasy over that span, uh, just 17% of the running backs that were top 12 running backs uh, didn't score a touchdown over that span. Uh, to be an RB2, I mean, just uh, 40% of those didn't score a touchdown. So you have to score touchdowns to, to, to really impact fantasy games. If you look at any fantasy, you know, performance week to week and look at the, just go look at your league and the wins and losses and just count up the touchdowns without looking at anything else and see which team had the most touchdowns. I guarantee you it's probably the winner because the way fantasy is scored. Um, and it goes throughout all the positions. I mean, to be a wide receiver one, if you just score a touchdown to be a wide receiver three or higher, you had an 86% chance to finish as a wide receiver three or higher. If you just scored a touchdown, that's it. Um, and then it moves on to positions. You had a 40% chance to be a wide receiver one if you just scored a touchdown. A 70% chance to be a tight end one if you just scored a touchdown. And you know, not scoring a touchdown can really 
the afford a good game, you know, from a guy, you know, that's why those guys that uh, Des Brown, you said, he's a guy that can have a four catch 36 yard game, Mm -hmm. but score a touchdown. And now it's, it totally changes the dynamic of that game. Whereas you have guys like say like a Duke Johnson, um, he's not able to save a floor game. You know, if if they run into a game where the Browns have, you know, good game script, he only gets, you know, three to four catches for 40 yards and adds on, you know, 15 rushing yards. I mean, here you're kind of left holding the bag there. So, I mean, the touchdowns are a driving force of fantasy football. I mean, I would say that they're probably a little overemphasized. Uh, I get that they do have, like, it, it feels like real football. I get it. You know, having touchdowns means something. The scoring points football means something. But touchdowns are only scored from really one sector of the field. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, isn't it something <laughs> like 80 some or like 78% of all touchdowns are scored in the red zone? Over the past five years, 73% of touchdowns have been scored in the red zone. That's and crazy then, when you think about it because, I mean, there's, yeah. you know, 80 other yards to play, mm-hmm. right? But then 73% of all scores are just from the 20-yard line and in. Like, that's that's amazing when you consider it, and it makes sense, right? Now, what does that do for right. someone? This is just an example. But, but, like, I mean, and I, we always bring it up, but it's Amari Cooper. You know, someone who just does not convert his end zone targets. And obviously the 20 yard line is different than the 10 yard line, which is inside the five yard line, so on and so forth. Yeah. And I mean, we talk about the 73 percent of scores coming in the red zone. But then if you even uh, dissect that, you know, 70 percent passing touchdowns come from inside the 10 yard line. Uh, then for the rushing game, it's even tenfold. Like guys aren't running in twenty-yard touchdown runs, right, even right. ten-yard touchdown runs. I mean, they're not. You have to knock on the door to get a rushing touchdown. The bulk of NFL rushing scores, uh, if you look at our, so once inside the five-yard line, it was fifty-two percent of all red zone rushing touchdowns came from the one-yard line. You know, that's it. Like uh, more than half. You know, of all the red zone came from one specific yard line on the field. Uh, so I mean, it's it's one of those things where I think like we could probably look back on it and and really di- dissect and, and make fantasy scoring a little more in conjunction of where pl- all plays matter. Yeah, uh, but, yeah. you know, people love the touchdowns. And it's, it's why you live for your one guy to score a yeah. touchdown. Th- this is um, why there are 100 <laughs> blurbs during this time of year of who will be the Patriots' short yardage and goal back. <laughs> right, right. I mean, we just did a, a recording about it as well. I mean, it's it's one of those things. Like, listen, touchdowns are, are the lifeblood of fantasy football, and they're going to remain the lifeblood. And I have someone that's always kind of built my team around touchdown upside. And last year was kind of the first year I kind of got got a little gray in that area because I got a little involved in, in zero RB mm-hmm. and it makes sense. And I'm, this is, I'm all for zero RB and I think it totally makes sense with that way. The NFL is driven, you know, passing rate keeps climbing, running back opportunity keeps falling. Uh, we know running backs were inflated by like a big touchdown spike last year and it kind of masked, you know, we've got all these guys going high again with, and a lot of running backs with limited bodies of work are going high this year. But last year I kind of got caught up into these value trap guys, the guys like Shane Vereen, uh, you know, the, the PPR backs, that I know we're going to outkick their value and I just wanted to put in my starting lineup. But those guys have a very low chance of manipulating a, a fantasy week. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I think that it's one of those things where um, it could be a trap. You definitely need low, uh, high floor guys. They definitely matter. I don't want to get away from that. But you don't want to just have those guys be a weekly necessity in your lineup as well. Yeah, and, and I'm guilty of that. Like, I'll use, sure. you know, the term receiving skills or receiving back for a running back and and kind of use that as a safety net whereas i mean you just said that i mean their their touchdown ceiling most likely is so much lower so much lower than someone that's just kind of a consistent and true running back um but i think we all got kind of caught up in zero running back last year and that wasn't the year for it at all (laughs) so 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 reeves just mentioned zero running back i will tell you all this 
little preview here. Uh, we have seven different or six different draft strategy videos coming out along with six different must-haves, so be on the lookout for those. Obviously, check out different positional notebooks that Reeves has posted in the last, what, few weeks. Um, so much content. Again, and check out rotoworld.com slash draft guide. You won't need anything else for your draft. We'll do our best to help you win. Just don't blame us if you lose. Uh, all right, Reeves. We'll talk to you all soon. Thank you so much. Thanks. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.